It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Here comes the 2-2 to Marisnik. And Jake drives this one deep to center field. It sends back Taylor Stoll going back at the wall, looking up. See you later! Jake Marisnik, a leadoff home run. And the Astros have a 1-0 lead. Welcome to another Astros podcast. Jake Marisnik batting 1,000 as the DH still. <laughs> and that was crushed straight away center field onto the berm. He's been working a lot on mechanics, leaning over a little bit with his upper half. Feels like he can get into his legs a little more, and that was beautiful. And greetings from Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches, where today the Houston Astros play their second game of the exhibition schedule, taking on the Atlanta Braves. And it's a split squad day for the Astros. They also have a game of Port St. Lucie against the Mets this afternoon. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchups, brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Framber Valdez getting the ball for the Astros today. And, Steve, he's in line for that competition for the fifth starter spot. Yeah, and A.J. Hinch spoke about him earlier this morning to the media, and he was talking about after maybe two outings, in spring training where you're just trying to get your feet wet. He really wants to see him concentrate and getting in better pitchers' counts. He thinks he takes a, a mental timeout from time to time, doesn't really focus in on throwing strikes early in the count, and they also want to make sure that he continues to increase the usage of that great curveball. Meanwhile, Mike fulton on the mound for the Braves, former Astro, really came into his own with the Braves last year, an all-star 2.85 ERA for Atlanta. Yeah, he's one of the best in the National League these days, uh, a power pitcher in every sense of the word. We saw the fastball, but now he's got the power slider, the, the finesse off-speed stuff to, to go along with it. He's a complete pitcher now. Castro's getting set to take on the Braves' case of the game, brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, it's a split squad day today not ideal for the second day of spring training but the good news is you get to see some guys who get called up from minor league camp and and one guy that we're we're expecting to see today is Seth Beer first round pick last year for the Astros yeah that should be a lot of fun Robert he was a first round pick for a reason and the one tool that sticks out more than anything is the power Uh, he's got great plate discipline we've seen that we saw that in his college numbers uh, more walks than strikeouts so the Astros have to love that but uh, when he swings, he makes hard contact, and that should be fun. Up next, we'll hear from Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Jeff Luno for the first time in 2019. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good ball into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros General Manager Jeff Luno. And uh, early in camp, had the first spring game yesterday. And uh, fortunately, it's been quiet. That's the way you hope it stays, right? Yeah, I mean, the guys are working hard. They're getting ready. The weather's been cooperative, and everybody's healthy so far. And even our guys that are returning from injury are ahead of uh, schedule. So it's looking good, and we're going to be at full strength for opening day, and now it's just a matter of figuring out what our roster looks like. What are the 
the the things, the roster battles you're most looking forward to, to watching and seeing how they develop this spring? I think it's fascinating to see how the back end of our rotation uh, shapes up. I mean, obviously we signed Miley, so we're expecting him to be in there. We want McHugh back in the rotation, and that's really four spots. So then between James and Valdez and Brady Rogers and all the young kids, we're going to have some serious competition. And Brad Peacock, of course, would be in that mix as well for that uh, fifth spot. And that will affect the bullpen and how we end up filling out the bullpen. And then the other big question is whether we're going to take 12 or 13 pitchers. And if we take 12, that opens up a spot for an extra position player. And given that some of our guys are out of options and, and it's going to be a tough uh, cut to make, uh, it might end up being the right decision for us. And when you look at the, the way pitching shapes out and you, you talk about the fifth starter spot and then you have some pretty talented young arms. Of course, the guys getting the most attention, Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukowskis and, and, and Forrest Whitley. And is, is the thought you want to try and keep them here as long as you can just so the, the big league staff can, can get a look at them and they can get acclimated to this level? Well, we want them to get ready for the season. And mm -hmm. so at some point, if they're not going to be on this team, we'll probably have to move them back. But it is good opportunity for them to pitch. I know Forrest is going to pitch tomorrow and the rest of the guys are going to get a chance to pitch in front of A.J. And Brent Strom and you know the, all three of those guys that you just mentioned have a chance to be on this team this year at some point and so the more familiarity the staff has with them and the catchers have with them the better off so yeah they're gonna they're gonna get their opportunity early in spring to impress and we'll see what happens after that. This offseason we saw quite a bit of turnover in the front office and also with the with the big league coaching staff uh, some, some guys getting promoted Josh Miller now bullpen coach Troy Snitker uh, one of the hitting coaches and, and Don Kelly joining the staff as a first base coach this year and Alex Centrone moving to, to hitting coach and obviously it's you hate losing people but by the same token it's it's a product of what the Astros have been able to do. You're exactly right. A lot of teams are looking at our success and trying to figure out how we're doing it. And one of the ways they try and figure it out is by hiring our people. And our people are, you know, we've developed good coaches. We've developed good scouts, good executives, and, and the industry has recognized that. Fortunately, we have a deep pipeline. So most of the openings that were created on the big league staff and in the, you know, in the minor leagues, we were able to fill internally. But we did go out and get Donnie Kelly. Uh, this is a guy that played with Justin Verlander mm -hmm. not too long ago, and now he's a coach for us and is a really great addition. So I love our staff. I really think our coaching staff is going to be excellent this year, and, and they need to be because we have an excellent team. Still quite a few guys out there in free agency who haven't been signed. Another offseason, relatively slow free agency period. And, I mean, obviously there are a lot of big names out there. Dallas Keuchel still not signed. Craig Kimbrell among them and Bryce Harper as well. But uh, even beyond that, there's still a, a lot of lot of guys who possibly could, could help this team. Do you foresee anything happening? Do you think you're pretty set where you are right now, or, or is there a possibility that maybe somebody gets signed before camp is over? Well, we wouldn't uh, foreclose any opportunity to improve the team, but the reality is this team is a really good team right now, and it's, it's hard to figure out places. Obviously, you talk about some of the elite talent. Mm -hmm. Sure, they would make our team better, but um, you know, a lot of those guys that are unsigned, I don't know if they make our team better relative to what we have. So uh, we're probably good to go with the roster we have, but obviously we're going to keep looking at the market, and if you know, if a player uh, ends up being in a situation where it's a good fit for us, we'd consider it. Jeff Luno, Astros general manager. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, hopefully it continues to stay quiet this spring. Yeah, I hope so, and this is the first of many of us on Sunday, so I'm looking forward to it. we got a, a guest with us this inning, and it's the Houston Chronicle beat writer for the, for the Astros, and it's Chandler Rome. And Chandler, what was uh, Brady Rogers talking about in the clubhouse? Th first of all, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you guys for having me. I like I like this setup we're going to have through spring training. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be.
be insightful, be interesting. To, we uh, did too. We were talking about it earlier in the ball game, and it seems like a no-brainer to be able to get access to you guys during the course, and you guys have access in the clubhouse during the course of the game, and you get a chance to talk to the starting pitchers, and uh, it makes all the sense in the world. Ronnie Dawson will lead things off. We're in the top of the seventh. That's He's playing right field. His left-handed batter, first pitch, swings, hits it hard left side, bobbled by the third baseman Reynolds, and Dawson will reach on the error. That's dancing Ronnie Dawson, as I learned he likes to be called. <laughs> we'll explain that because he put on a show in the clubhouse, didn't he? He did. Uh, so as I'm sure if you've been following coverage of spring training to this point, you've, you've noticed that A.J. Hinch, before every, uh, before every workout day, he invites a non-roster. He doesn't invite them. He makes a non-roster invitee <laughs> get, up in front of the, get up in front of the team and introduce themselves. That's when Forrest Whitley was gifted his daddy jersey. Mm -hmm. But w when it came Ronnie Dawson's day, uh, they played a song called Pure Water. Uh, some, a, a rapper named Migos sings oh, yeah. it. That, oh, yeah. I, I was unsure that song even existed. But anyway, uh, they played Pure Water, and Dancing Ronnie Dawson put on a show, and he just stole second base for, uh, for the Astros. Too. Hey, stop trying to steal their jobs with play-by-play, -play, by the way. First pitch misses downstairs. <laughs> as Chandler sounded like Pure Water <laughs> describing Dawson stealing second base. So she he's in scoring position. And they gave him a hit, by the way. Did they? Yeah, I think Ronnie Dawson's dad's the official scorekeeper. <laughs> By the way, speaking of water, a light rain has started to fall really? here in West Palm Beach. That's dirty water. <laughs> All right, well, what Brady Rogers have to say after he pitched today? Two innings, and our assessment was got better as it, as it went along and looked pretty sharp his he, last inning. He did. He, he said in the first inning he, he was a little bit nervous. Obviously, this is a guy that has undergone a lot in the last 20 or so months with go, undergoing Tommy John surgery and the long kind of solitary rehab that, that, that entails with that. But uh, he said in the first inning, nerves were a little bit little bit high. He was a little bit anxious. It kind of hit him that this was the first time he'd pitched in a spring training game in two years. Mm. Um, but he said in that second inning, he was able to settle in through a little bit more of his off-speed pitches, was very pleased with the location of his fastball, and he said his changeup looked really good. He said Brett Strom and Max Stassi both gave him some positive feedback about his changeup. And Sparky, I got a question. So every pitcher that I talk to in spring training, Every single one of them is working on a changeup. Why is that? Well, I think number one, I mean, whenever you, everybody comes out there with a fastball and a breaking ball, counts one and one to Alex DeGote, by the, by the way. Runner on second base, nobody out. With the Astros leading six to five, we're visiting with Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. Pitch to DeGote, he's fouled off to the left side. It's one and two. But everybody needs that third pitch. And it seems like that should be the easiest one to learn, right? But when you talk to some pitchers, it's the toughest one because it's such a finesse pitch and guys are so amped up and uh, being able to spin the ball becomes more natural for them because it, it's a more violent of a, of a delivery and you accelerate through there. But for some reason, in the back of pitchers' minds, you feel like you have to decelerate to throw a, an effective change up when it's just the opposite. So it becomes difficult and I think... Uh, Brent Strom is a big advocate of the changeup and just thinks that as an organization it's going to help everybody. There's another foul ball. And it's not just fringe pitchers or pitchers without, and I'm not just trying to disparage Brady Rogers or anybody, but Justin Verlander is working on a mm -hmm. changeup in spring training. Garrett Cole has talked about wanting to, to, to refine his changeup a little bit. You know, the top pitchers on this staff are working on changeups. I just found mm -hmm. it interesting that it seems like every pitcher you talk to in spring training is doing something to refine his changeup. Well, when you're talking about Verlander and Cole, and typically on a given day, they might sprinkle in two or three a game. But I think 
to put more in the back of a hitter's mind. It's just going to make everything else better. Their other pitches are pretty dominant, right? Correct. Pitch misses downstairs to Degoti. What have you noticed? In, in, uh, you've been down here longer than Robert and I have. You got here when everybody kind of reported outside of the culture and the, the vibe in, in the the clubhouse or on the field. What have you noticed among the young guys? Do you feel like they feel like they're part of the action already? I, I think what we were talking about earlier, this this introduction thing that A.J. Hinch is doing every morning, I think that really helps. Um, you know, you're seeing these guys, you know, Ronnie Dawson gets up and, you know, he, for him he's not making a fool of himself, but to some of these guys, you know, to, to, to show his personality like that, it really kind of breaks the monotony of mm -hmm. spring training. It really gets, you know, guys – guys together and you get to know these guys because I think that's the big thing you know some of these non-roster guys come in and there's some veterans on this club that probably have no idea who half these non-roster guys sure. are but you know getting them here and being able to to show a little bit of their personality really kind of kind of breaks the ice a little bit and you're seeing young guys feeling more kind of encouraged to go ask for help if they need it and, uh, you know, I think we've seen it with a couple of guys, especially, you know, J.B. Bukowskis. I've noticed in the last couple of days, J.B. Bukowskis and Garrett Cole have developed a very uh, close little, uh, I don't know, mentor-protege relationship. They, they've worked very much together, and I think that may be a, a reason and that may be a product of this sort of camaraderie that's being built between the non-roster guys and the, and the 25 man. And that's what a lot of spring training's about, too, is the, the, the younger guys getting a chance to learn from some of the veterans. Degoti ended up striking out. Here's Jordan Alvarez, who's one for one, came in to pinch hit a couple of innings ago and drove in a pair. The sharp single up the middle, swings at the first pitch and fouls it back. He is a massive human being. He's a massive human being. The long levers, tremendous power. We were talking about his power the other way, which is uh, exceptional. It seems to be the big question with Alvarez is where is he going to play? Is he going to play first base? Is he going to play the outfield? There's some questions about the, the defensive side for him, aren't there? I think at the winter meetings, one of the funnier moments of the winter meetings was we were in Jeff Luno's suite um, talk, talking to him at the end of the day um, as we do after every day of the winter meetings. And Jordan Alvarez came up in conversation, and we were talking, and we asked Jeff, you know, where do you see him projecting defensively? And he just deadpanned DH. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think they, they, that he can play first base. I think I, I don't know if the corners outfield is a is a possibility, but first base would be the would be the most likely place to, for him to play defense. Well, he smokes this ball to deep left field to the warning track, and it's tracked down by Andrew Stevenson, but gave it a pretty good ride the other way. There's two away. Yeah, that was an impressive looking swing. Uh, we've already seen just two swings so far in camp in this game. Rather, he's. He's had a, a couple of impressive swings. Looking forward to seeing more of Alvarez. Astros lead 6-5. to five. We're in the top of the seventh with two outs. Runner on second. That's Dawson. Mayfield comes to the plate. Jack looking to drive in a run and give the Astros a, a two-run cushion perhaps. Henderson Alvarez looks in for the sign. You know, one of the things that I think that was brilliant by A.J. when he took over the reins here was making sure that the young guys on teams were included were able to be themselves. First pitch is a called strike. Yeah, and I, and I think that wasn't the case. You know, when a, when AJ was playing baseball in the major leagues, that wasn't the case. The young guys were quiet, and they were they were expected to to just listen. I think it was funny when the day that Forrest Whitley was given the daddy jersey, one of the reporters that was here 
when we were talking to Justin Verlander, who was kind of the mastermind behind the daddy jersey, we asked, one of the reporters asked Justin Verlander, is this sort of paying it forward as something that you got as a rookie? And Verlander kind of smiled and laughed. He goes, I came up in a different time of baseball where, uh, where such, you know, fun-loving uh, kind of rites of passage were not the norm uh, for rookies. It was a little, uh, a little, I would guess, a more intense, a little more tough environment back mm -hmm. then. 1-1 one, one count to Jack Mayfield. Stands in the right hander batter's box, takes a pitch low. It's 2-1. and one. Yeah, it's amazing you hear stories from players who came up, you know, 10, 20 years ago or further back, and, you know, they'll talk about, yeah, I didn't ask anybody any questions for, like, the like for three or four months and <laughs> once they got to the big leagues. And, and, I think the, and I think the young guys here toe that line very well. I think I asked Force Whitley on the, on the third or fourth day that we were here before the full squad got here. I asked, have, have you had a chance to to pick anybody's brain yet? Have you, have, it, have you had a chance to talk pitching with any of the veterans? And he said, you know, I think I'm going to wait. He said, I think I'm going to wait a couple of weeks, uh, maybe get my feet wet, see see sort of how this is going first before I approach a Justin Verlander, a Colin McHugh, or a Garrett Cole to ask for any help. 2-1 pitch misses outside. A snap throw down to second base by the catcher Spencer Keyboom is a little late. Dawson slides back. Do you think that's a good strategy, Steve? as a young pitcher in camp for the first time, maybe to, to wait before you approach some of the veteran guys? I think I think it's a case-to-case -case basis. I mean, certainly if one of those veteran pitchers comes and talks to you, I think that's an open invitation to, to go out there and take advantage of it. Here's a 3-1, and it's fouled away to the right side. It's 3-2 and two with two outs. So what we saw, it, we saw the same thing with Cole working with Bukoskis yesterday in the bullpen and taking that extra time. If I was Bukoskis, I would take advantage of that relationship as yeah. long as I was in camp right now. Yeah. So he, he may only be here for a couple more weeks. So you got to soak in everything you can. and you know, That may lead to other conversations if Cole's around somebody else and he, now he's off and running. Talk about a special talent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bukoskis. It's something, man. We're seeing, all, we're seeing some good arms All here. three. I mean, you, 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 we kind of group these these pitching prospects into the group of three, uh, the, the Forrest Whitley, J.B. Bukowskis, and Corbin Martin. And all three of them, you know, I've seen them all three throw live VPs already, and, you know, you can only take so much from a live batting practice session. But all three of them, you know, they, they're, they're going to be they're going to be special talents for the organization. We'll see Corbin Martin pitch tomorrow here at 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches, and Whitley will pitch on Monday, and, uh, and Bukowskis is going to pitch tomorrow in Port St. Lucie. He's on the travel squad as well. Okay, Ronnie Dawson just stole third base as Jack Mayfield just walked. So puts runners on first and third with two outs. Abraham Toro Hernandez will be the batter who singled and scored his first at bat back in the sixth. Takes a first pitch, clanks off the catcher's glove, but doesn't get too far away. It's a ball. You know, we talk about players trying to get to learn all the guys in camp. 61 players in camp for the Astros. That's beat writer's job, too. Try, how do you try and, and kind of get to know everybody in camp? Some of these guys, you just have to go up and introduce yourself, say hello. Um, if I didn't go introduce myself to Ronnie Dawson a couple of days ago, I wouldn't know that he's dancing Ronnie Dawson. Um, you know, Abraham Toro, who's at the plate right now, speaks three languages. He's fluent in French, Spanish, and English. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't just mm. go and introduce myself. Sometimes it's as easy as saying, hey, I'm, I'm Chandler. I cover the team for the Houston Chronicle. Nice and, to meet you. And you're fluent in no languages. I'm fluent in no languages. <laughs> I'm flu I, I, can, I, can, I can speak Cajun a I was going to say, you're fluent in Louisiana. <laughs> I'm fluent in Louisiana, whatever that is. Um, but and, and you see a lot, too. Some of these non-roster guys, they're just 
they're a little bit nervous, a little bit timid. They're they're just waiting for someone to talk to them sometimes. Yeah. So so sometimes when you go up to some of these younger guys that have never been in big league camp, it's a pretty easy conversation to keep hold of because they want to talk to somebody. They want to feel like they're included. They want to feel like that. So some so it's easier, maybe a little bit easier said than done, but still it's a, it's a tall task getting to know you know all 61 guys. Some that English isn't their first language. Some that you know frankly I've never seen in person before I walked in the clubhouse sure. when I got here last week. 1-1 one, one pitch to Toro. He tips it foul into the catcher's glove. It's 1-2. and two. So here's where we are. Dawson's on third. It's Mayfield on first base. The Astros lead 6-5, two outs. We're talking with Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. As Henderson Alvarez tries to wiggle out of a, a mini jam here. It's 1-2. and two. Here's the pitch. And it's fouled back. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Houston Astros radio network. Well, I'm glad we've gotten a chance to have you up here, Chandler, because what we're anticipating during the course of, of spring training is things move along to have you guys in here with your information that you get from inside the clubhouses. It's going to be a lot of fun for the fans. It's going to be fun for us, too. Another foul ball tipped toward the Nationals dugout. Count remains one and two. I was telling Robert earlier, this is like, I mean, I, I've never really been on. I, I do radio hits, but it's kind of a phone call. I just get yeah. called to, to you do You told it. like, me that you were a brilliant play-by-play -play man. You called three innings. <laughs> yeah, I called I called a couple innings of a McNeese State baseball game once, and that was my claim to fame. Check his swing was Toro, and it tipped off his glove, landed in the catcher's glove for strike three. And that's the third out, and that'll do it. The Astros will strand two. So, Chandler, thanks so much for, for yeah, coming in. You. We're just going to keep doing this, so appreciate it. <laughs> Astroline, Astro the official off-season hot stove show for your Houston Astros. We're live from Duffy's Sports Grill for the very first time down at West Palm Beach. Listen in as Steve Sparks and Robert Ford host an hour-long show with your favorite Astros of today and yesterday. And our special guest this evening is George Springer. Jeff Bagwell, it's a lot of fun. Good to see you. Good to see you, Sparky. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Astroline, exclusively on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.